Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. In Joshua chapter 3, we've been looking at the crossing of the Jordan River and its connections to the crossing of the Red Sea. Last time we finished out by reading verses uh, 11 through 13. Joshua says to the people, Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over ahead of you into the Jordan. Now then take for yourselves twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one man for each tribe, and it shall come about when the soles of the feet of the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, and the waters which are flowing down from above shall stand in one heap. This needs to be read in connection with what had occurred uh, during the time of the Exodus. So we are going to take a look back uh, for a moment at uh, Exodus chapter 14 and read about the miracle of the crossing of the Red Sea. Of course, you know that this is when the people of Israel uh, were coming out of Egypt after the 10th plague, uh, the plague on the firstborn. Pharaoh finally says, get out. Uh, The people of Israel ask the Egyptians for uh, their gold and jewelry and precious uh, stones, and so they plunder the Egyptians as they go out, things that would later be used uh, in uh, in the tabernacle and some of its furniture. And then uh, Pharaoh changes his mind by the time they get, get to Exodus chapter 14, so he sends out his troops in pursuit of the people. Uh, but, and, and we're going to read quite a bit of this passage, starting in verse 13, Exodus 14, 13. Moses said to the people, Do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Now, this is an important theme that I think is being connected to with our passage in Joshua chapter 3. The Lord is the one, ultimately, who is fighting for Israel. God is a warrior enacting judgment on the people of Egypt here in Exodus 14 and later on on the people of Canaan in the book of Joshua. Verse 15, Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. And as for you, lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the sons of Israel shall go through the midst of it on dry land. As for me, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, so they will go in after them. And I will be honored through Pharaoh and his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I am honored through Pharaoh, through his chariots and his horsemen. And the angel of God, who had been going before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them. So it came uh, between the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel. And there was the cloud along with the darkness, yet it gave no light uh, at night. Thus, the one did not come near the other all night. 
Now we have the miracle itself in verse 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord swept the sea back by a strong east wind all night. Listen to the particulars of this. He swept the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land. So the waters were divided. You've got a, a wall of water on one side and a wall of water on the other side and dry land in between for them to cross. We've uh, seen uh, movies about this. There are sometimes you see these walls of water in the movies and fish swimming in them. I don't know exactly what it was like, but verse 22, the sons of Israel went through the midst of the sea on the dry land and the waters were like a wall on them, on their right hand and on their left. Then the Egyptians took up the pursuit and all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, his horsemen went in after them into the midst of the sea. And it came about at the morning watch that the Lord looked down on the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud and brought the army of the Egyptians into confusion. He caused their chariot wheels to swerve. He made them drive with difficulty. So the Egyptians said, let us flee from Israel for the Lord is fighting for them against the Egyptians. Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may come back over the Egyptians, over their chariots and their horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the sea returned to its normal state at daybreak while the Egyptians were fleeing right into it. Then the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, even Pharaoh's entire army that had gone into the sea after them. Not even one of them remained. But the sons of Israel walked on dry land through the midst of the sea, and the waters were like a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. And then verse 31, and this is very important. And when Israel saw the great power with which the Lord had used against Egypt and against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. So God uses the Red Sea miracle to exalt Moses in the eyes of the people of Israel. Now, when we come back to Joshua chapter 3, we see the exact same thing is going to happen here. God is going to use this miracle to exalt Joshua in the eyes of the people. Now, verse 14, Joshua 3, 14. So it came about when the people set out from their tents to cross the Jordan with the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and when those who carried the ark came into the Jordan and the feet of the priests carrying the ark were dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks all the days of harvest, that the waters which were flowing down from above stood and rose up in one heap a great distance away at Adam, the city is, that is beside uh, Zarethan, toward the Sea of the Arabah, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, and those which were flowing down toward the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off. 
So the people crossed opposite Jericho, and the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Lord, while all Israel crossed on dry ground until the nation had finished crossing the Jordan. Now there are some significant similarities between Exodus 14 and Joshua chapter 3, but there are also some important differences. God is connecting these two events for the people of Israel, while at the same time making a distinction that he is doing something new at the same time. So the connections between the two passages are pretty obvious to us. He is bringing his people through a body of water on dry ground. And that's the miraculous nature of it. They're not just walking through in muck or mud. They're walking through on dry, manageable ground that they can pass through without any problems here. Uh, the, the method of the miracle, uh, the way the Lord accomplishes this miracle is done differently. So in Exodus 14, Moses stretches out his hand and his staff over the uh, sea, and the waters are divided. Uh, here in Joshua chapter 3, the Levitical priests are carrying the ark into the waters of the Jordan, and the waters of the Jordan to the north are stopped or cut off so that the water all mounds up. It's as if there is this giant invisible dam that the Lord places up toward these cities of Adam and Zarethan uh, in the north, and all of the water is heaped up at those places so that the river is cut off. Uh, and below it, everything that normally runs to the south down toward the Dead Sea, uh, there's nothing left there. So the way that these two miracles occur uh, is different. In Exodus 14, the Lord causes a strong wind to blow the water back, and that's how the waters are divided so that they can pass through on, on dry land. There's a wall of water on the right side and on the left side. There's no wall of water in Joshua chapter 3. In fact, there's no water at all. It's all cut off, and suddenly the Jordan River uh, just completely uh, dries up, and the people are allowed to walk across. Uh, this would have been an incredible event that would have clearly connected the power of the Lord for the people back to the Exodus. Again, these people would have been young children at the time, uh, 20 years of age or younger, and not necessarily uh, knowing everything about what was occurring. Uh, now, 40 years later, this recalls the memory of that event to their minds. So the miracle is that they actually are allowed to cross through this river, which was at flood stage and probably uh, perhaps a mile wide of water that was all of the sudden cut off and gone. And now they're allowed to go across into the land of uh, Canaan. And the priests in verse 17, who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, in the middle of the river, while everyone, all of Israel, crossed on dry ground until all the nation had finished crossing the Jordan. 
The Lord performed this miracle using Joshua and the priests to show this younger generation, and now they're not young anymore, they're 60 years old uh, at least, and uh, or at most, and uh, to show this generation his power, his might as they entered Canaan. And this was going to be a sign to them that the promise that he had made to drive out the people of Canaan, he was going to fulfill. The book of Joshua is a book about uh, fulfilled promises. The Lord keeps his promises. None of his words fall to the ground. He carries through on everything that he says he will do. And he gives the people a miraculous sign uh, to accompany this, uh, that they will uh, walk across on dry ground and that they will ultimately possess uh, the land of Canaan here. So we see in Joshua chapter 3, the Lord exalting Joshua's leadership in the eyes of the people in the same way that he had exalted Moses' leadership. And now Joshua will be revered by the people. And uh, one more connection that I want to bring out between Exodus 14 uh, and Joshua chapters 3 and into chapter 4 is the final verse of Exodus 14, which we read, when uh, verse 31, when Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. So the result of the Red Sea crossing was twofold. The people feared the Lord and revered him, trusted him. And secondly, they uh, revered Moses. They believed Moses' words, and Moses was exalted in their sight. Well, we've already seen in Joshua 3, the Lord promised to exalt Joshua, just as he had Moses. If we go in Joshua chapter 4, to the final verses of the chapter, verse 23 says, For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed, just as the Lord your God had done to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed, that all the people of the earth may know, and this is the connection, that the hand of the Lord is mighty, so that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit Emmaus.edu partner.